Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hey everyone, we recorded this episode of the Hoops and Talks podcast on Sunday morning just before the news about Kobe Bryant broke. So we do not actually talk about Kobe in this episode, but it's not because we didn't want to discuss or address his impact on basketball. It was because at the time we did not yet know it had happened. Also on this episode, we were not in our regular technology set up so our tech so the sound quality isn't quite what we are used to but we still think we had a great talk with jasmine brown and hope you get a, a listen and cassidy and i will be back next week Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. We've got a great show coming up. We are joined by the wonderful Jasmine Brown, production assistant for ESPN, former Washington Mystics beat writer, and fellow cookie aficionado. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. (laughs) Hey, how are you guys doing? We're good. We're excited to talk to you today, but we usually get things going with a little bit of an icebreaker. And since we know that you are a fellow cookie lover like Tara and I, we wanted to start off with what is your favorite kind of cookie these days? Who wants to get us started? Um, I can start. Uh, my favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle. I really love snickerdoodle cookies. Nice. Oh, I love them. That is such a good classic. Yeah. My mom, my mom makes the best yeah. snickerdoodles. Now, what do you mm. use for the leavening in your snickerdoodles? Do you use cream of tartar? I do. Yeah, that's. I, I, I think do. that's what gives them their special flavor. Yeah, it does. It does because it's part of the sugar cookie family, but that that cream of tartar makes it. Way mm-hmm. Yeah, game changer. Um, okay, I discovered a new kind of cookie. This one I don't make myself. I have not been doing much baking myself lately. Um, but there is a kind of cookie that they sell at the place that I shop, New Seasons Market, called, it's by Bluebird Bakers, and it's called the Dream of 75. And, like, as in 1975, um, it's got, like all these like kind of granola like flavors in it, but it's still a soft, chewy cookie. It's got like chocolate. It's got graham crackers in it and they make their cookies. A lot of them with brown butter and, uh, and brown sugar. So it's just incredibly butterscotchy flavored without being overly sweet. Mm. It's totally, they're Mm. so good. And, um, I will, I can send you a link to them because they are amazing the only problem with them is as i was reading the package and 
they a serving size is only half a cookie, and I was so oh upset. I went through the roof because I was ridiculous. like, serving size, 150 calories, sweet. And then I was like, half a cookie, and I was like, that is so unfair. <laughs> like, you cannot make your serving size half a cookie. I know, I know. So I'm a little mad at them about that, but that does not stop me from eating way too many of them. Right. <laughs> Oh, I thought a lot about this one. I have a many a favorite cookie, but I'm going to go with the one that I don't make because then it's an extra special treat for me. So I'm going with Stroopwafel, which I'm not sure if they technically count as a cookie, but I'm going with they count as a cookie because I have a mug that is the perfect size for my cup of coffee and my Stroopwafel on top. And so they get all melty. And so any cookie that goes with coffee in the morning and is somehow acceptable, I am all for. <laughs> oh my god, now I want a stroop waffle. Yeah, it's like a breakfast cooking in my mind now. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll go ahead and get uh, started getting to know Jasmine. So what we like to do uh, when we have folks on for the first time is ask you to just introduce yourself and tell us how you got into basketball. I do, uh, sorry, <laughs> production of ESPN. Um, I do uh, highlight videos for Sports Center, and I also do the uh, updates for Sports Center right now during the break of shows, uh, the Arizona SCN News. So that's what I currently do right now, up in Bristol, Connecticut. And how I got into basketball, you know, I just started, just, I, I never played, that's the funny part, I never played basketball, but I like looking at it. Um, I just started shooting some threes. I was born outside and just started shooting threes from the furthest distance, like way, way past the NBA line. But that's just how I started watching basketball, um, watching, you know, like a group on Kobe, a uh, group on Dirk and LeBron. So, like, that's my crew. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I got into it. And personally right now, I'm more of a college chief. I've been uh, leaning towards the college side. Like, I just like to – there's something approved for level that they have to have to work for to get to the NBA. So mm-hmm. that's my thing. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got into basketball, just kind of shooting three, see how far I can make it in. So what's the <laughs> farthest one you've ever made? You know, I don't know how many feet it was, but I think maybe, I think the equivalent would be from like the logo. So maybe a half court shot. <laughs> So just a basic every night shot for Damian Lillard, basically. (laughs) I was looking at his shot chart. Like it's, it's like so wild, like how far away he just regularly takes and makes shots. So I also did not play basketball, um, but Cassidy played basketball. um, Mm -hmm. And so I, only like you know I go out there and shoot baskets and I'm absolutely terrible so um as you were learning how to take these long shots like what's your trick what's your what advice do you have for me if I wanted to like having not had other basketball experience like learn how to have a good shot honestly what I did I think I was like in fourth grade or fifth grade at the time so like oh no maybe like seventh grade um all I did was pretty much use as much force as possible <laughs> <laughs> and as much control. I know, like, keep your your elbows in and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, yeah, let me just try to do something and then just use as much force as possible to force. <laughs> 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 awesome. I love it. So... 
as someone who's really dialed into the uh, Washington, D.C. sports scene, can you tell us a little bit about our newest trailblazer, Trevor Ariza? Yeah, uh, personally, I miss him. Um, <laughs> um, I know he's had like a, he's been back and forth with the Wizards, um, but I really did like the way he played basketball. I think he did provide, um, he provided a different vibe to the team. Um, and I know like the, the way that I saw him when he was with the Rockets, like that's the same exact, exact vibe that he had with the Wizards. Like he made good decisions. Like he had really, he assisted very well. Um, he, if he didn't put up points on a nightly basis, he still contributed, um, throughout the game, which I really liked. And I, I know people are sometimes focused on having 30, 40 points. But, I mean, if you can have, you know, 12 assists or just anything to steal or anything to contribute to the game, I also find that very viable. So that's mm-hmm. something that he can definitely provide um, for the team with the Trailblazers. And then you have, uh, you know, you have, you know, Dame and Melo. You know, so you have people there that, I guess, like, kind of around the same time as him. So, like, it's definitely going to be fun to see how he fits into the offense uh, there. So when you get a player kind of later in the season, I think we learn a little bit less about them off the court as well. Is there anything that stands out about Ariza kind of in the community or off the court? You know, I'll be very honest. I am not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I am not sure about that. I've never, like, he seems kind of low key to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know. He seems like a really great guy though. <laughs> seems like a really a really great guy to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like I was uh you know burning up Twitter and Instagram trying to find out stuff about him, and he does not um, participate really in um, <laughs> social media, which was kind of like oh okay. Yeah. It's, he's very um, low key. He's very low key. <laughs> yeah, he's been to uh, he's been to a lot of places. Now he was in um, uh, he was in DC twice, right? Um, is that unusual yeah. for for DC for people to go away and come back? Yeah, it is. Um, I was personally happy when we got you know him back because um, I know we had met May. At the time before he went to the Rockets, he he moved on. Um, but there were kind of talks of maybe trying to have him back, but it didn't happen. But then when he came back, and I was like, oh, okay, great. Like, you know, he's coming back. But then he let him go again. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> I mean, I will say uh, right now they have Gary Payton the second on the team. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a quicker turnaround with him because he was on the roster last season. Um, but then – he came back relatively quicker, um, but with the reason he was kind of gone and then he came back. So that was unusual. Um, I think it was more quicker, maybe. But um, yeah, it was it was unusual. I thought they were going to keep him on the team. I liked him more than there, so I thought it would be <laughs> a little bit of a steadier marriage, but it didn't happen. But I think he'll be great in you know, Portland. 
you brought uh, uh, Gary Payton, and what's one funny thing about Portland is that for the uh, summer league roster, so Portland has mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr., and then on the summer league roster, they also had Gary Payton Jr., and mm-hmm. I so wanted Portland, I so mm-hmm. wanted Gary Payton to stay in Portland so bad so that we could have... <laughs> I, I, my dream is to have a podcast that's Gary Trent and Gary Trent or Gary Payton talking about Gary Trent Jr. and Gary um, Payton Jr. So it could be Gary and Gary on Gary and Gary. And I just my dream just slipped away. I was so bad. I suppose they could still do it, but I'm so <laughs> hoping that would happen. So do you still kind of uh, do you still keep up with um, uh, the the DC sports now that you're up in Bristol? I mean. Or do you have to because you're just oh, yeah. do it, watching so many sports? You just have to like take a step back. What's what's that been like? Uh, yeah, um, I used to watch ESPN every day uh, before I got up here, and you know, Seth. Now that I'm I'm here, and you can probably talk to every single ESPN employee. We don't watch you when we come home, unless you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just consuming sports all day, and it's just basketball, football, baseball, hockey, like just anything that's around we're seeing. And it's like, oh, I need a break. And need you would think that since you're working up there um, or working up here, it's fun. But after a while, it's like, I mean, I mean, too much of anything, you know, it's sometimes it's just too much. So, yeah, I mean, unless it's like a big game. I'm not really watching it. But I will say, Maryland, that's definitely uh, something that I always keep up with. I keep up with, I keep up with the Mystics. I keep up with the Wizards um, and their uh, G League affiliates. So I'm always heavily tuned in into um, the D.C. sports, especially Maryland, because I did graduate from there. So they're actually both playing right now, the girls and the boys. They're playing right now. So Oh, my gosh. Um, we're keeping you away from yeah. it. Oh no! Okay, well we'll move right along. Okay. Well, um, it's the perfect segue because uh, our next question is that um, it's kind of uh, funny, I guess, that uh, there are three big-time Portland fan favorites who attended Maryland. Um, Jake Lehman, Steve Blake, and Buck Williams are all, like, super popular in Portland. Um, I'm guessing you're probably too young to remember when Buck Williams was there. I'm not even sure if you were around because it was a long time ago. I was But wondering (laughs) if you have any thoughts on any of those guys, Jake, Steve, Blake, or Buck Williams. Yeah. um, The funny thing about but he was born in Rocky Mount in North Carolina, and that's, like, mostly where my grandfather's family is. Oh, wow. So it's a very small little community in North Carolina. And his birthday is also in March. So um, my birthday is in March. So I'm like, that's a little, little bit of connection there with him. But, yeah, I definitely wasn't around when he was at Maryland. Um, but I know uh, he was ACC Rookie of the Year. Um, so, I mean, uh, that's always great, especially around the 70s. Um, but, yeah, like with Steve Blake, you know, he's a fan favorite uh, at Maryland because he was a 2002 champion. Uh, you don't get that. You know, Maryland doesn't have any others. So that's pretty much the only team that everybody knows um, about. So 
yeah, I mean, he's a he was a great guy. I loved him with the Lakers. Uh, loved him with the Trailblazers. Um, he was really good. I mean, I know him more with the Lakers. That's like where I followed him the most because I was like mo- mostly old enough to see him kind of play. Um, but yeah, and then Layman, I actually I was in school when I watched him play at Maryland, so uh, definitely know him the most. Uh, I know y'all love his hair. <laughs> <laughs> definitely love his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a Twitter account specifically for his hair, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we we all we all thought the same thing. I really I really like Lehman. I know especially when he got drafted. Um, I like the I like that you guys traded up for him, and he balled out in both the summer leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought you know I thought he was going to get some minutes, especially when Kevin Durant said you know that one year when he his debut against the Warriors, you know, Kevin, you know, he said that he should start more. Um, but yes, yes, it didn't happen. But mm-hmm. um yeah, but yeah, he he's uh he's great. I know his girlfriend, we have the same name. We're both named Jasmine. So Maryland Maryland players are great. I mean they're small numbers but they're definitely uh great players. I know my favorite personally he didn't of course go to lose but one of my favorites is Glenn Bice. I would really like to see how he would have panned out. Um, mm-hmm. but that, that didn't happen, but yeah, I mean, those three guys are great, and I'm glad that I'm glad that there's a little bit of a connection with Portland in Maryland because you don't really see that too often. <laughs> well, you mentioned Buck Williams a little, and I'm wondering because I went to Seattle U where Elgin Baylor went, and I walked around campus mm-hmm. like for days asking people if they were excited about that when I first got there, and everyone was looking at me like I was crazy because it was way <laughs> later in time. So I'm wondering if people on Maryland campus like would know Buck Williams if you brought him up. You know what? I'm not sure. I think he's a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit before us, but then at the same time. Well, I mean, I don't know. Everybody knows um Bias. But I'm pretty sure, like, if you go on campus, people will definitely talk about Buck Williams. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm positive of that. So they, do, I, they do a lot of history stats at the game. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people will know about him. That's awesome. It sounds like they have a really good respect for the history of the of the program. That's always really cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- Cassidy, I can totally see you walking all around campus. Everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> Where did Elton Baylor yeah. hang out when he was here and everybody just looking at you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, doesn't everybody like automatically go look up who are the NBA players who are alums <laughs> of your school? I thought that's just what everybody did <laughs> for you. Well, I, I mean, I know I, I, I know I did. So. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's how, uh, that's, how, I mean, that's how new Elton is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of funny because those three guys, I mean, they really are like some of the the favorites of fans. When when they, when you say who, if they were going to like name some people who are stars, but who, you know, really made it, you know, who you really remember, mm-hmm. um, along with Andre Miller. Andre Miller is like a folk hero in Portland. Um, <laughs> but Steve Flake, Steve Flake actually was on the team three times. He came back three times, and then after he retired, he came back as an intern. <laughs> I was a coaching intern, which I oh, thought. I didn't so even cool. know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, know 
Yeah, and it was like, why don't you just add? And then I think at one point, like there were some injuries, and people were like, can we just have Steve Lake for the fourth time? I mean, just let him play. Right. Um, and, and then Jake, I love the fun fact that I learned this week was that uh, Zion Williamson's debut, seventeen points in the fourth quarter. Oh was yes, most for a rookie since Jake Lehman. Since Jake, yep. I, I did see that set. I did see that set. Oh, okay. Well, that's enough Jake Lehman talk. Plus <laughs> 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 the six. I literally saw him do 13 threes one time at a Merlin game, like, before my eyes. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Um, so, so what was it like covering the Washington Mystics in their championship run last year? Yeah, it was great. Um, fortunately, I get, I didn't get to cover the second half of the season because I ended up coming up to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, it was great to see the progression. Um, I started covering them in 2016 and it was, I, 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 I originally was not heavily invested into the WNBA until like 2016, like when, um, the Sparks won the championship. And the only reason why I saw it is because I was at the past summit dot and the Sparks won. And I saw Candace Parker talking about like, this is dedicated to Pat. Um, and I, you know, I saw the game and I was like, wow, this is great. Um, I mean, I knew about Lisa Leslie. I knew about like Candace Parker. I knew about, you know, Swoops and all them, but I never really watched it as much as I did when I was younger. Um, but you know, I applied to credentials for the Mystics and it was a really great experience. Um, just watching. Um, Chrissy Tolliver, who is my favorite women's uh, hoops player um, mm-hmm. from Maryland, uh, go there. And then Elena come, you know, as great as she was um, with with the skies. And I'm like, wow, two blockbuster trades just happened, like the years that I covered them. And, I mean, it was just really great. And just seeing how they progressed throughout the three years that I covered them. In the first round, they went to the semis. The next year, they went to the finals. They lost, but they still went. And then the next year, win. I mean, that that's just like a true true reflection of coaching, uh, player mindset, and having a goal. And they achieved that in three years. And I think it was very great to see that fully come out, especially with Coach Tebow and him. With uh, his history with the league and with the NBA and you know all that stuff and him being a winning his coach and stuff, so it was really great to see him uh, win it because I think he really deserved it and the players too. What were some of the um, uh, moments that you that stand out to you when you were covering the team? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite moments was when they cover uh, when they played the Sparks. Uh, it was the final game in the Capital One before they went to their new arena, and Natasha Cloud hit a buzzer beater, and I literally the whole media section just like went crazy because <laughs> it was a very fitting and and I, and I know like no cheering and stuff like that, but I, I we just couldn't help it. I mean <laughs> that was the final game in the arena, you know. Wait, why not? You know, kind of have a great send off than to have a buzzer beater uh, to elevate, you know, the crowd and the fan base and the the team even going to the playoffs. So that was definitely a great moment. I think another great moment was, 
another great moment was definitely game five, of course. That was that was great. Um just watching them win that game the way they did was very awesome. The where they won the, when they won the championship. Yeah. That was that was a crazy that was such a great game of basketball. Like, oh man. That whole finals yeah. was amazing. Uh, yeah, I was that super series into it. was exciting. <clears throat> this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down we break down who will be cutting Cut What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah. Um, so the WNBA has been a lot, or has been in the news a lot lately because of the new collective bar- bargaining agreement. Uh, what do you think the most significant change about the new agreement is? Definitely the, the pay. Nobody knows, like, how much they've gotten paid over the years. And I think, I think when they announced the pay, I think people really started to understand, like, wow, like, they're not getting paid anything. <laughs> um, and they pay all year. Like, the season's over, and they have to go overseas. And the Mystics, they can't even have their parade because people were going overseas the next week. And, you know, you see, NBA teams, they win. They had their parade the next day. Like the Nationals, they won um, the World Series two days later. It's their parade. The Capitals, same thing two years ago. They mm-hmm. won. Two days later, it's their parade. The WNBA has to be halted because they have to go overseas. So I think Kathy did a really great job in highlighting um, what they've had to, I guess, work on. Because I know a couple of years ago that they had to, they didn't really understand fully the other CBA. So I don't think that they really understood what was at stake if they didn't opt out. So mm-hmm. I think them opting out this time was a, a, a great thing for them because they were very frustrated and they're very tired. So they did a really great job in that. What do you think the most significant impact is going to be from the new CBA in the upcoming season? Let me see. I think I think a lot of players are going to come into the season with a better mindset. Um, I think I think definitely with this new CBA, they're going to come into a sense of they're being cared for a lot more. Um, I think another thing is definitely the pregnancy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where they 
they they're going to have I guess more time off and they're going to be compensated um, for pregnancy because you know they're women like <laughs> this is natural to have children so that's definitely something that that would definitely help especially with Skylar Diggins because that was a really mm-hmm. big issue yeah when mm-hmm. she was pregnant and I think that was probably another trigger for them to tweak that TVA because it happens it, it sucks and. Even with Dewana Bonner um, for the for the Phoenix Mercury, she had twins, and she came back and mm-hmm. and played like less than a year. And I think people are realizing that these women are very strong athletes, and they're probably I think besides the women's soccer team, one of the most under underrated uh, leagues. Mm-hmm. And it's time to change that. It's time to give them what they deserve, and people need to realize. They don't want to have the same salary as NBA players. They just want more money and more yeah. revenue share that they that they bring in with the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about how they you think that may, they may enter the season feeling a little bit more cared for, and then and as I was mm-hmm. reading about the CBA, that was kind of of the impression that I was left with was that the CBA kind of like addresses their needs as people, you know, just like mm-hmm. their comfort and like you know needing to like call out specifically like they need to have a higher level of I mean it's still coach but they need you know a little bit bigger seats than coach because these are tall you know athletes and um it just seemed like they addressed a lot of um things which I don't know if the the NBA CBA, I mean, I know that it's written in the NBA CBA that they need to have, you know, uh, certain things for travel and things like that. But just to that they took the time to call them out for this, it seems like it shows a lot more respect instead of like, oh, it's just like, you know, women's basketball is just like men's basketball, but it's women playing it. Mm-hmm. So we'll just cut and paste. It's more like, no, we're going to address them as individuals and what they're asking for as people to have a good season and to be able to be successful Mm -hmm. in this endeavor. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. And I think the big, yeah, the big thing that I noticed last year was um, in the playoffs where the sparks and aces, they had to come to the East coast and Kathy, I don't, I don't even think she was in her position for a month and she already had them come immediately after the game um, to fly. Mm -hmm. To, uh, private, you know, to, to the East Coast. And I think that was a really good gesture on their end to swiftly come in and make that happen. Because I know with the Aces and Mystics um, game, I think it was in 2018. No, yeah, it was 2018. And with the whole plane gate little thing where they mm, had to yeah. wait at the airport. Yeah, they had to lay over in Dallas and then come over mm-hmm. um, for like two hours before tip-off. Like, you know, it's just stuff that you don't see every day, and, and it, it sucks. You, mm-hmm. know, you see a league literally in the same airport as you. You know, they're they're not yeah. a college team. They're, they're professionals. Mm-hmm. And they get treated a lot better overseas, which sucks. You want to keep your players here. You don't want them to play overseas, you know, all year round. And they and they needed better. And I'm glad that they did that because I think they realized that the biggest play, their bigger players, were literally thinking about not playing. 
in the WBA. And that's not what you want. Like, you have them representing your country. You don't want them to leave. You have to make sure that you do whatever possible to keep them here. What do you think the long-term impact of the new CBA is going to be overall in the league? Do you think what we're going to see – I think really my hope is, do you think we'll see expansion teams? (laughs) I hope so. Um, Personally think Charlotte needs to get theirs back. Mm-hmm. Um, the Charlotte Saints, they need to get theirs back. Um, <clears throat> even, even maybe it, it need they need they definitely need more in the south. I do think that they like their sports, and mm-hmm. they definitely need some more in the south. They need some in the Midwest, and the Midwest people love their sports too. So we take back the Portland Fire, I tell you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I did the Port, yes, Portland Fire. I actually have a, I actually have a Portland Fire jersey that I found on eBay and bought it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I I do think expansion teams would, would help because that creates more roster spots. There's only 144 mm-hmm. roster spots on in the league. That's not enough. And you have really good players getting cut. Even with um, Megan Gustafson, like, she was player of the year and winning all these awards, and then she gets cut Yeah. Um, from, from the wings. They brought her back, but they cut her. They just didn't have yeah. enough space. So just definitely bringing teams, uh, bringing people in and creating more roster spots will definitely be a great, a great uh, overall thing. And it will provide more revenue. And I think when you have a team like Portland who will get their team back, could get a team back, or having one in Florida or Charlotte, it creates, you know, uh, ticket sales, you know, just all that stuff that can be put back into the WBA that, would benefit them greatly. I mean, the the G League is doing it. They have almost 30 teams, and they grew since 2000. So they definitely could do that for the WBA, and they can have their own developmental league too. I mean, do that as well. Have their own developmental, or you can have people who weren't drafted go there, and then that way they can come up and play for the WBA. I love that. Um, yeah, especially you want to ask her about your favorite player. Yeah, so Elena Beard announced retirement this week, and I know you mentioned that you started working for the Mystics in 2016, and she had been gone for a while by that point. Right. Uh, do you have any um, any reflection on Elena Beard's career in the WNBA as she uh, hangs up the shoes? Yeah, I mean, she was a uh, really a great player uh, to watch, especially on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she was just amazing on defense. Like, I, yeah. I, I was just mesmerized, and I'm more of I'm more of an offensive uh, kind of person when it comes to basketball. But lately, I've just been noticing defensive um, defensive like stuff. Like, I like defense now, and she definitely uh, like signifies that and. It was very amazing just to watch her play overall. Um, you know, she you know she was an All Star, um, you know, two time Defensive Player of the Year. Like it just shows that you don't have to be uh, a straight shooter uh, all the time just to have recognition. Like if you hone in your craft and you work on that and you um, perfect it to where people are giving you an award for it, you're good. Like you won. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely what she did. And, yeah, I mean, she played for Duke. You know, I, I hate Duke, personally. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate Duke. Um, but, she, you know, she 
she played well there. And I know she played seven, seven seasons with the Mystics. Um, and she, you know, she played well there as well. So, you know, she just had a really great overall career. I'm very, uh, I'm very sad to see her go, but I mean, when it's your time, it's your time. So, um, I wish all the best to her and I actually <laughs> saw her on campus, uh, last week. So it was really cool to see her, um, just walk in. I'm like, oh my God, it's <laughs> just walking around on campus. <laughs> I would be losing my mind. Um, <laughs> literally, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know she's going to do some announcing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just realized, like, how do you even, I mean, it's good that you got hired by ESPN and not me because I would never be able to do anything because I would just be looking all the time. Like, do you get used to having big stars around? I mean, do you ever get used to that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely got used to it. Um, when I saw, let me see, I'm trying to see the, the biggest question. I know Zion was uh, was there on campus. Um, Who was say that I think again? I was, I was Zion. Oh, Zion. Okay. Yeah, he was there. Um, I think I was only there for maybe three weeks, <laughs> and I saw uh-huh. him, and I was like, "Yeah, there's wow. a special guest coming on campus." And he said, "Zion." I was like, "Zion, what? <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me right now? What? <laughs> In a crystal? Okay." But yeah, like I think just watching like, all the talent, like stay still. Um, Justina Anderson, like Scott Van Pelt, like Ryan Clark. I see them on campus and I've struck a conversation with them. So now I'm like, hey, like, how you doing? Like, you know, we kind of know each other's face. But I know definitely when I first started, I was like, I think I walked in the hallway and I saw Sage still and I stared at her. <gasps> and she's like, hi, how you doing? I was just like, oh, hi, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stare at you like that. <laughs> but, I, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I don't know how I did it, but we were literally just like um, about to start training. I just like see her. I'm like, that's face still. No, it's not. No, yeah, yeah, it's her. Yeah, it's her. <laughs> and then that's how I was like computing in my brain, but my eyes didn't move. They're just looking at her the whole time. My brain's computing if it's her. But she was nice. She's like, hi, how are you doing? And now um, I prompt. I do. I prompt her. Um, her promos that she makes for six o'clock. So. Um, kind of, kind of cool. She just followed me on Instagram last week, so I'm like, you know what? That's like, that's cool. <laughs> so, you know, they're really nice there, and I mean, honestly, like they're they're like fun and cool to be around. And you don't even feel like you're a colleague with them at this point. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, did you did you study sports broadcasting? Was that something you always thought you wanted to do, or was it something that you came to later on? Uh, it was. It was something that I came into later on. Um, I know when I was younger, I would watch the news, and I wanted to be an anchor just on news. Okay. Kind of like when I was, like, four or five years old. So, like, uh-huh. I wanted to be on camera, and I would, like, memorize all the anchors' names and um, <laughs> just, like, I just like weird stuff. And I know George Stephanopoulos, like, I literally, like, knew his name, like, seven, and all the uh, all the adults were like, this girl knows his name at <laughs> like, that's really what I wanted to do, but it was never like in the sports area. And um, I, I'll never forget my freshman year of college. I was a, um, I was actually a mechanical engineer. Oh, okay. I was way, way different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I mean, I liked it. You know, math wasn't like I liked math, but I wasn't like really into math like that. Um, but I knew that's where the big bucks came in. So I was like, Hey, let me just do this. And after my, after like after my first year, I called my mom and I said, you know, mom, I don't want to do this anymore. 
Um, <laughs> and she was like, what? You're doing so well. Like, what do you want to do? And I said, sports. She was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, sports? <laughs> like, what? I, I, she's like, I've seen you watch it, but sports? And she's like, oh, all right. All right. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be behind you, um, you know, with it. And now, you know, when I got the job at ESPN, she was telling everybody, you know, that I got the job and before I even told everybody. And then on Mother's Day, she posted, you know, um, me getting hired before I did. And she's on her phone and everybody's comments. She's got like, you know, a hundred and something comments and 300 likes. And I'm like, why is she on her phone? I said, Mom, give me your phone. And I grabbed her phone. I looked and I was like, wow, Mom, you told everybody. <laughs> but seven years ago, you were mad that I was switching, but now you're telling everybody that, you know, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to ESPN. So I'm just like, she, I mean, she's just the course with me. I'm very um, proud to, you know, have her as my mom because she, she definitely helped me and didn't, you know, turn her back on me or anything. And she was very supportive of me through that process. Mm-hmm. It paid off because I definitely worked hard to to get where I am at now but yeah I didn't think that I was going to switch over from that from uh, mechanical engineering (laughs) at all I mean it sounds like some of the stuff that you're doing is pretty technical I mean like to if you're doing all the highlights and cutting video and like I mean I guess you can't work in that field without having some kind of like technical abilities to be able because so much of it depends on being able to use technology to you know, get the information out there to people. Yeah, definitely. I thought the biggest thing, um, if you really want to go to like press conferences and get the good sound bites, um, they provide time codes and you have to know, you know, what, what the time code is, put that in instead of scrubbing through all of the material and, you know, just kind of working on the, t- uh, working on the, uh, program that they have there and then transferring it to the edit room and the tra- the transitions that we have to make and, you know, it's just it, it is it is quite a bit that goes into it. Um, so that's definitely something that they teach you in training because we will not know that. But yeah, it's a lot of a lot of technical stuff that we have to do. But now that I've done it for so long, it's literally second nature. And when I came in, I didn't think that it would be um, as easy as it is now for me because I didn't do. I was a writer more. Of a, I was more of a writer. Mm-hmm. I only did maybe a year of production. So. I legit was kind of, kind of went in there and winged it, um, <laughs> not knowing how it was going to go. But now it's second nature, and now I think about it, wow, like I really came this far. And I've only been there, but only been here for five months. Um, I think it's six months next month. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it you do it so much and you do it so often throughout the day that it, you just don't think about it anymore, which is which is pretty cool. Because if you don't think about it and you like it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a job um, to you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Little little glimpse behind the scenes there. How cool! And hopefully, maybe somebody who's interested in that kind of work will be listening and they'll listen to what you said about it because it's it's a uh, rather because. One of my pet peeves is when you talk to people who say, "Oh, I want to get into sports," and then a, and then like a person who's like an established sports person will go, "Oh, don't," you know, like, and it's just I, I yeah. hear that more often than not, and so I like it when I hear somebody be like, "No, like you you can do it. It's hard, and you have mm-hmm. to like learn a whole bunch of new things. You have to keep with it. You have to work really hard for a really long time, but you can do it." Rather than just like, "Oh." 
you want to be a sports writer? Don't. <laughs> just like stop discouraging. Yeah, people. and that yeah, yeah, and that's exactly like what it it sucks. And you know, I, I I'm not even you know verified or where I want to be, but I do like to help people um, get you know to where they need to be, and they have young people DM me on Twitter like, hi, you know, I'm interested in the sports, but I don't know what to do, and the fact that I respond. That's enough for them because they mm-hmm. say that um, some people don't respond at all. And like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. I'm surprised you got back to me. And I'm just like, you know, I know how it feels because I reach out to people and they didn't respond. Mm-hmm. So what, how, would that, how would that look if I'm passing that on to other people? No, I want to tell them exactly, you know, what I did. You know, I, 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 I didn't have a, a clear-cut path here. I had to work other jobs to fulfill my passion at, um, you know, covering the Mystics. I was working, I was a manager at IHOP in the daytime and then come work at the Mystics at night, you know, no pay. So <laughs> I'm like, if you want to do this, I will tell them, like, if you want to work and grind hard, then you're going to have to because the sports industry, a lot of people are doing other things on the side, excuse me, to help them feel, you know, whatever they're doing for sports to kind of get where they're going. But I'm always open to giving advice to people because it sucks to be stunned, you know, but the fact that somebody can respond back, it makes a lot of people say, and a lot of them are in high school and, you know, early college. So if that was me, I would like to, I would like to respond. So, you know, what better way just to, you know, give it back to them. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, it's, it's key in a world that's changing very rapidly, like the way we um, watch sports, the way new leagues are starting or folding mm-hmm. or whatever's happening, that people stay connected and stop, like, um, hoarding all of the connections um, and instead, like, share it so that it can get out to more people. And I, don't know, I have this whole soapbox about how sports is going to make the world a better place. Yeah, we don't have time for that today. <laughs> but I think an important part of it is sharing and being open with each other, and not trying to hold hold on to all of that. We've kept yeah. you long enough. Oh my, great to talk to you and um, hear about a little bit about your journey and about the Mystics and a little bit more about Trevor Ariza. Um, before we wrap mm-hmm. up, do you want to tell people? Um, do you want to share social media or anything with folks? Yeah, sure. Uh, my Twitter is uh, jasmineb underscore brown, and my Instagram is jdaniellebrown. I'm very simple. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, not on Snapchat. <laughs> I know TikTok is a big thing now, but I'm like 25 and I feel old when I see TikTok. I'm like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> yeah, those are my two uh, social media sites. <laughs> Right on. Well, no, we don't have to be on every single one of them. <laughs> but, um, well, uh, so Cassidy, we have, um, we, uh, we're still working on, this is for our listeners who are w- wondering if anybody's still, uh, interested in our tagline. We are still, uh, working on what our tagline is gonna be. We've had some really great suggestions from our listeners and, uh, we're gonna noodle on them for a while, uh, before we decide what our new one is gonna be. But we love hearing from our listeners. So, uh, Cassie, you wanna tell folks how they can find us and write to us? 
Yeah. Uh, we love your email, as you should know by now. So send us your icebreaker ideas, questions, your favorite cookie, or maybe what you think our tagline should be. Our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. You can follow the Blazer's Edge podcast on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at hoopsandtalks. You can find me at Cassidy Gemmett. Tara, how can people find you? They can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. I also am not on Snapchat or TikTok, and I'm twice as old as you are. So I figure as soon as I get on one of those, then all of the young people are going to just get off of it anyway. So I don't even try to keep up anymore. <laughs> Seems like every time a new uh, platform comes out, and then all the old people learn about it, all the young people leave anyway. So I just like interact with young people the old-fashioned way by just like talking to them. They still seem to respond. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Jasmine, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, for Cassidy, this is Tara. Thanks to everyone, all of our listeners, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>